All right. Good morning, folks. Welcome back again. Happy Friday. This is the Drive Time Friday Show. Time to talk about what has been going on in the world and in the nation, or at least what was once a nation, um, when it had borders and uh, a rule of law and so forth. Well, since the last time we got together, um, unfortunately, we do not have Dr. Jeff Price Stupa this morning. He is uh, uh, out of Internet contact. So instead, that will just be uh, David and I. But I do have David Justice, I'm pretty sure. So uh, I'll say good morning. How are you doing, David? Oops, you're muted, are you? I hope he's there. I see his picture. David? All right. No audio. I'm um, not sure what happened. We'll let him mess with that for a second, and I will, I'll throw out an article or two. Uh, I was going to talk about this one. Maybe he can hear me. And I think it's an interesting way to start off because it's basically how the week started off. There certainly is a lot of water under the bridge since then. But it was interesting that um, this uh, wonderful, oh-so-important secret deal, you're not allowed to know the details, neither were the senators who were uh, essentially, uh, I think one of the ways that uh, a, um, a senator on the uh, the real Republican side put it was uh, they screwed us. Anyway, this uh, a Senate deal that came out earlier in the week going to still allow all kinds of illegals, one and a half or maybe more million a year, 5000 a week or so. They were also going to put some stuff in place that would, oh, the big deal, of course, was got to make sure we get our $60 billion of graft and corruption to Ukraine, even though it turns out about a billion dollars of, of weaponry is already missing. And uh, there were reports from alternative sources outside the United States that they were already showing up in the hands of cartel members, drug lords, and um, Hamas and, and other places. So um, the, the the big deal with this Senate thing was they would essentially, and this wasn't out in the original um, coverage that, that came out about it, it was essentially going to give the Biden Fuhrer or whoever's pulling his puppet strings complete authority to essentially say we will declare or undeclare emergencies at the border. It ain't emergency until we say it is. And if we say it's an emergency because there aren't enough invaders coming in, well, you don't, you got nothing to say about it. So essentially, this was dead on arrival, thankfully. But here's the thing. They kept it secret for months. They went ahead and did this. And you know darn well that even though they got their heads handed to them this time, they are not about to give up on it. So that's important to remember. All right, David, do we have you online? I hope we got David. I don't don't seem to. Let's see here. It says... Okay, um, he's um, he's talking to me on text, so uh, we're not hearing you, and I'm not sure why. Uh, you're not muted on the station, so it's it's must be something at your end. Keep trying, and uh, I'll, I'll keep uh, I'll keep tossing stuff out that um, maybe doesn't require as much comment. I was kind of curious to get your take on this one. Uh, let me throw out this one uh, early too, and um, if David has a comment on it, it may, it may be news to him. So. Um, uh, but I'm going to ask if he's is seen it. All right. So um, there was a story that came out from the Gateway Pundit earlier in the week. It had to do with a uh, an abomination in the Colorado House called House Bill 24-1163, sponsored by an outright communist and traitor and uh, you name it, fill in the blank, put a bad word in there, Regina English. And what it is, is a requirement that all pet owners, well, uh, I guess it's pet stewards, or because you don't own anything, you slaves you. And this is just another real indication of the fact that that's what they believe. 
believe, requires all owners, Achtung, to register your animals in a state-run system. And what was uh, disgusting to me was the critics focused on the fact that they're going to tax the hell out of poor people. And an aquarium, for example, uh, could cost hundreds of bucks a year. Um, well, as a matter of fact, with a hundred fish in your uh, your kid's aquarium, that could cost the owner up to $2,500 annually. So this is an abomination. But what's what's even worse, of course, is the idea of you you have to register something because you're a slave. You don't actually own it. And uh, I think part of the concern is they are going to put in place a system eventually that will say, look, unless your pet is registered, you can't buy dog food. You can't buy cat food. Because, you know, when we get ready to force you to eat bugs, uh, we're afraid you might like the dog food or cat food better than what we intend to cram down your throats. So it's all about preparation for what's coming. And the, uh, I guess, uh, ultimately, Ultimately, they're afraid people might want to eat their cats or something like that. So we can't have that either. So this is about as uh, transparent but subtle of a move to destroy everything that would have once been called free citizenry. You know, you can't even be a, uh, you can't even own an animal. You are at best a caretaker of an animal, and uh, the, the Almighty State will allow you to have it. Uh, bear in mind, too, that dogs make a pretty good alarm system. If um, they take away your guns, that might be about the only thing that they'll let folks have. When they shut down the Internet and the web and the power systems, too, it'll be kind of tough to have your alarms work. So um, they don't want people to have dogs for that reason. All right, looks like we, um, looks like we lost David entirely. And uh, let me try to get him back on again. Um, David, if you can reconnect, that would be good. Okay, there he goes. Looks like we're trying to get him back on. So um, the other thing that – whoops, did I hear something? Are you there, David? Okay, talk away if you're there, David. I see something. Okay, well, he's he's almost here. Uh, something is happening on Skype, and, of course, Skype is such a wonderful tool that um, anytime the microshaft gets a hold of it, you gotta you got to wonder. I'm, I'm hearing rustling, so it looks like his microphone is here. Here I am. There we go. Good morning. I was starting to worry for a second. Yep. Here, here I am. Okay. I yeah. You... It's, uh... Anyway, yeah, I'm sorry I'm late. Okay. Well, you, I don't know if you heard any of that or not. The um, did you see the story? And I, I won't re re repeat the whole thing, but I'm certainly curious about your opinion if you did. If not, we'll move on. But the about the pet tax in Colorado, this House bill um, for this year. Let's see, where did I put it? Um, 1163. That would require Octung, all the slaves in Colorado, no, to, to register their pets. And they want to tax them, uh -huh. of course. But the more important thing is that they want to make sure that if you have a pet, they know about it. And uh, I have suggested that uh, the, the real issue is they want to make sure that you're not going to be allowed to buy dog food or cat food without your pet registration. And they'll check that just like they want to check your ammo registration because slaves, you know, you can't own either one of those. And um, ultimately, when, when they want you to eat bugs, this will be one great way to make sure you don't go and try to get yourself some cat food for cheap instead. So what we're experiencing when when we... Uh, see things like this. Is, this is what a nation looks like that is godless and, and dictatorial and tyrannical. This is the direction that we move, and it doesn't stop. This is what America's founders intended to prevent with the Constitution, and they said if a nation becomes filled with avarice and greed, it'll, the uh, corrupt uh, politicians will go through the Constitution like a whale goes through a net. So here we go. Everybody buckle up. This is what dictatorship and tyranny looks like. 
Well, yes. I mean, and, and I quote this all the time, but John Adams' famous line that uh, this Constitution is fit for the governance of an educated and moral people. In other words, people who understand the Bible and the basis of the morality and the basis of the Declaration. It is totally inadequate for that of any other, for the government of any other people, because they basically, as Thomas uh, Jefferson and especially Ben Franklin put it, uh, they would eventually and ultimately turn to despotism. And that's precisely where we're at. We're seeing what despotism looks like uh, firsthand. And we've got to remember, and, we, and let's make this distinction for the listeners, okay? Despotism is not government. It's a criminal syndicate where people in power can use guns and jails to force their will on everybody else. And that's, that's what the Constitution was intended to prevent. So when you get people with power who want more power and more money, this is inevitably every single time the same result, and uh, hence the need for uh, strict limitations on the power of government, which is what the Constitution was intended to do. And ultimately, that's what the Second Amendment is intended to do. It's to be the ultimate check, because if people allow themselves to be disarmed, they got nothing at the point where government says, you know, the hell with you and the horse you rode in on. You can't even have so much as a dog to defend you. And so what we're going to do is... Uh, Cut off your ability to speak with one another because, uh, you know, you might communicate and we can't have that. And uh, you might resist, so we're going to make sure that you don't have any effective means of resistance. And uh, all of that is what we've been seeing. But I guess um, each week, David, it seems more and more like it's more transparent. There's more and more indications like this Colorado pet tax that uh, they really don't care. And they don't care if you know what they're intending to do. They're going to go ahead and, and you know, kill you, cram it down your throats anyway. Well, there is a race. There's a race to the finish line, and they, they they will use death and they will use jails to accomplish their end. And all of the people that are helping facilitate, they're going to be the ones that are ultimately thrown under the bus once they're used up. You know, for for the agenda of the of the of the global syndicate, they'll uh, they they won't be rewarded like they think they will be. Um, they will be killed like every other regime that has ever done this in the, in the history of the world. Okay. Well, you know, I, I guess that at some point, uh, I have said this before too, a civil war, uh, the kind of thing that is on tap at this point, is probably the second worst thing that could possibly happen next, of course, to what happens if we don't get one of those, because people then move directly to slavery, do not pass go, do not collect uh, 200 billion fake fiat dollars. So... Uh, let me let me ask. Uh, what's hap what's oh. happening down in Texas? Speaking of which, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, that's, I was going to uh, say what's happening down in Texas. Speaking of civil war. <laughs> go ahead. That's where I was going to go. Well, I'm not sure. I, I I've not seen much of it. I, I've been a little distracted. I actually had some work this week, so I've been concentrating and keeping my mind off the news. <laughs> well. Earlier in the week, we had the um, the trucker convoy. Did you see anything on that score? Uh, I haven't. I've, I've been waiting for an update. I okay. know that 26 states were, were standing with with Texas, but I don't know. I haven't heard uh, or seen 
uh, anything, any updates this past few days, well, and, past and five days. So essentially that would be the good news, and that's why I was curious, because if you weren't paying attention, uh, you you might not have looked for it. I, I looked for it and still didn't see a heck of a lot on it. Yeah, the trucker convoy arrived, and ultimately they had some meetings and they had some uh, some uh, you know good times by all, I guess, and uh, uh, they had lots of governors that showed up and listened. But ultimately uh, there was no explosion. There was no major riot. There was no false flag. They were they were careful enough that um, whatever Big Brother had planned wasn't allowed to happen. So that uh, is arguably really good news. The fact that it, um, you know, people got together and um, we didn't see civil war fire uh, begin is is a good thing. Now there is also this. I mentioned the um, the um, the abomination that came out of the Senate. Well, basically, it was Chucky e. Schumer, and it was the whore there that masquerades as the Senate Minority Leader um, that essentially said, "Oh yeah, anything that the uh, the leftists want, <laughs> who are we except the minority party? We're we're rhinos to the core." So he signed up for it, at least for a while, and then eventually. Um, the uh, you know the trader from South Carolina and and others said ooh, ooh. even Lankford who was the guy that was the, the so-called architect from Oklahoma backed away from their own bill and they said ah you know when we uh, when we feel the heat we see the light so what that means is they'll go back into the shadows and they'll do it again and they'll try to come back with something when people aren't expecting it so uh, that's why we warn about it but there is a great comment this is actually Thursday from yesterday out of Zero Hedge and Tyler Durden, out of the Rio Grande Daily Caller, rank-and-file Border Patrol agents have slammed that abomination of a bill that would guarantee a, a million-and-a-half legal entrance after they came in illegally and uh, send, of course, the $60 billion bucks to Ukraine that the deep state wants and uh, no doubt allow them to fund more terror around the world. But rank-and-file border agents told the DCNF that the catch and release of illegal immigrants will continue if the bill is implemented. Gee, surprise, surprise. They went through the details. And the bottom line seems to be, this is, this is the headline, and I can't read it exactly, but you can get the impression, go F themselves, was what the rank-and-file told the Senate. And at least that is uh, apropos. Uh, go ahead, David. Well, <laughs> every time, every time we even lean or breathe a little bit of dignity by by uh, suggesting that these people in in charge of government are actually government, uh, it I, I find myself getting triggered when. When, when they, when they're clearly invading this country and facilitating, you know, Mayorkas came up for a vote this week as to whether they would impeach him. And he fell short because four Republican, uh, uniparty members, yeah. rhinos, didn't vote for his impeachment. And so he dodged a bullet. But, you know, this is a form of consent. So we have a government consenting to an invasion, which means the government it's part of the invasion. It's facilitating the invasion. And so the government, so-called, has turned against the people and is showing us what uh, criminal, uh, when criminals get into power, what they can accomplish because they have the illusion of government. And the results are catastrophic. So we have a full-fledged invasion force coming across the border. And uh, I don't know where this goes. I'm taking this a day at a time. It's like this really, this horrible movie. <laughs> but at the same time, I uh, wonder just how how long Americans will remain asleep. And if, even if they were awake, here's my question mark. Even if everybody was awake, what do you do? I mean, what do you do? 
Uh, do you stand up and defend? Do you just crawl up in a hole and curl up and, and cry and wait for, you know, God to do something? Or these are the questions that I struggle with. So I found myself a small town and some good people and surrounded myself with, uh, you know, well-meaning and well-intentioned people. And, but I don't, just don't think that's enough. Well, I mean, we, we go here every week, so let's wait until the second segment. We'll come back to it as far as the, the how. Uh, ultimately, I will contend okay. what I always do. The answer is come out of her, my people. You cannot expect that a system which is run by criminals and which the vote is rigged is going to allow any kind of a vote or any kind of feedback or any kind of input from the peons, the slaves, that they want dead. You just don't let the slaves have a voice if your intent is to kill them. Mm-hmm. That's that's kind of obvious. So the, the, the clear response has come out of her. And um, what we'll talk about, I think, after we lay a bit more groundwork is is maybe some more specifics. And uh, not like we haven't crossed this ground before, but we'll uh, we'll try to, uh, to, to add a little bit to it in Boy, the context of where we are. Go ahead. Have you had a, have you had a chance to listen to uh, Tucker Carlson's interview with Putin yet? Well, that's one of the things I, I want to go I, to. I listened to the first half of it, but uh, yeah, it, it was interesting because Putin felt it was really important to lay a foundation, and uh, I, you know, barely got through the foundation, and I just uh, didn't have time to listen to the rest. But well, anyway, so did you have a chance to listen to that? No, it's it's uh, it was up online. I didn't see it until uh, you know the. Uh, the it was supposed to come out late yesterday, and we had enough going on last night. I looked at it briefly this morning, and of course, with all the other things to do, I'm like you. I've heard about an hour of it is all. But I, I do want to throw that into the mix, and a mm-hmm. couple of other things that I think are uh, are important in terms of. Um, you mentioned Mallorcas, and um, the contrast here is one of the things that's interesting. Uh, I can't help but think, look. Who are we kidding? The guy is an absolute traitor. Really, if we still had a rule of law, he would have already been tried and convicted. And honestly, if you understand what's going on and the level of treason, he should have been hung by now. Or, you know, uh, depending upon whatever form okay, of... So of just, if, well, let me, one last comment. If you can't impeach Mayorkas, then why the hell is there even a bother to talk about impeachment at all? Because this guy is kind of like the poster boy for what impeachment was intended. And if Benedict Arnold didn't cut it, uh, well, Benedict Arnold did. He makes Benedict Arnold look like a tr- uh, like a patriot. Go ahead. Well, so so Mayorkas, of course, everybody. If you don't know, he's the head of the Department of Homeland Security, and he's been grilled by uh, the committee on the weaponization of government and the judicial committee. Several of the House committees have grilled him, and they they came out with a uh, resolution to have him impeached, and so they took that resolution to the House, and the House did not have enough votes to... To um, well, it, the, to, the, impe- uh, to bring an impeachment charge charge against him. The, the, uh, so, the, so wait, just the second. crux of the the, the gist of that is. It's, Sorry, it's far more insidious. I just want to say it's far more insidious than that. It was literally a tie vote. You had a couple of traitors. You had people being wheeled in in wheelchairs. It was a stinking circus. And unfortunately, uh, Steve Scalise is in the hospital being treated for cancer. That would have made a difference. And um, ultimately, the um, the big deal here is that it reflects, let's just say poorly, on the leadership abilities of Mike Johnson. What kind of a speaker of a house can't impeach an outright traitor? When it's so obvious to everybody, including those that voted against it, because they don't want to be impeached, they don't want to be uh, they don't want to be hung from a, a short rope and a tall gallows either. Now, go ahead. Well, this 
So, so Mayorkas is is operating with the uh, Biden so-called administration to invade to to stage an invasion of this country so that they can cover cover up their crimes and this is what's really and actually going on in this country we're watching a uh, a systematic takedown of america to to the intention is to destroy the constitution and to replace the uh current population with another population of people that are more amenable to being controlled you know, the problem with America is that it's full of white people. And, you know, we've got to get rid of these white people because white people just have a propensity to, to be able to call us out on our stuff, and we don't like that. Especially if they're armed. And so they've got, a, they've, got a stomp on the mag, they've got a stomp on the MAGA movement. They've got a stomp on true conservatives, ultra-right-wing experience, they label us, because they are um, they're guilty, and this is all about covering up their crime. Go ahead, Mark. Yeah, and, and that's the point. We have reached a point where literally someone can commit treason on national TV and get away with it. The invasion can come in full force, and they say this is okay. Uh, I w- there was a story out of San Diego this week, and I forget which one of the three-letter uh, fake news agencies it was, that uh, literally went down there to say uh, to debunk the whole thing. And what did they find? They ended up videoing a bunch of communist Chinese uh, military age- agents coming across the border, and they were stunned. Like, oh. Uh-oh, what are we going to do with this? How are we going to hide this? How are we going to tell people that there's not an invasion when it's right here on our video camera? So this is part of the problem. And then mm-hmm. we have the, the rest of the problem. Let me, let me throw this out. You, you mentioned Putin already. We'll come back to that probably after the break. But um, we had the um, uh, Ben, uh, not Ben Hur, uh, Robert Hur, Bob Hur was a special counsel that was at uh, least appointed to uh, pretend to look into the Biden Fuhrer's crimes, which uh, were not protected by executive privilege because he was just a vice president. He didn't have the power to declassify documents. He was, in fact, guilty of crimes and of uh, actions that had to do with mishandling of classified materials. So uh, Her came out with his special counsel report this week, and basically he said is, uh, well, you know, Biden is a an elderly man with poor memory. Isn't that a kind way to put it? He's a senile incompetent. And as a result of that, because a jury would be unlikely to convict this poor old senile SOB, even though it's obvious he did this, they just say, oh, well, you know, he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. So he, he let him off the hook. Now, how's that for irony? He's committed crimes. He committed crimes when he knew full well he was doing. He lied and it was injected into an office, and now he's too old and senile to be held responsible for his crimes. But, hey, wait a minute. Hand him the nuclear football, why don't you? So go ahead for a second, David. Take Comment on that if you'd like. <laughs> if it wasn't so comical, <clears throat> you know, but it's, it's so serious. No, they, uh, so they're gonna, they're still looking at Trump for, you know, holding on to classified information. So we're clearly seeing a double standard. It, it begs the question, are, is, is this incompetence at work? Are we watching in total incompetence? Are we watching total malicious evil? Or are we watching, um, a bully kick sand in our face, attempting to, to conjure up, uh, uh, anger and ire? On the conservative side, to <laughs> to provoke a, a a breakdown like a civil war, I don't know what all of the, the above. Uh, what what we're actually witnessing, but the the result is the same. I was fascinated just to turn the page a little bit about the FBI's refusal to hand over Seth Rich's laptop. 
You know, they know they know that the man was murdered, and they have his laptop. But uh, you know, they still haven't um, done anything. So even you know, what do you do? And these these are rhetorical questions. The the all of the government agencies at the top are complicit in the overthrow of the American Republic. Uh, and that is the that is the bottom line. And we're at the break. We'll pick it up when we get back after this. This is the Drop Time Friday Show. Just David Justice and myself, Mark, call today. But there is plenty to talk about. And um, what I'm doing literally as we went to the break is I'm trying to set the stage because uh, we mentioned the Tucker Carlson interview with uh, Vladimir Putin. And uh, it's the contrast there that I think is really stunning. But uh, before we do that, David, let me just quickly review a couple of items that came out regarding the Biden Fuhrer and his senility and his uh, whether he is competent or not to stand trial for the very same things that they want to say. Send Trump to jail forever for at least one of those things. And so here's the summary from Zero Hedge. My memory is fine, fumes the Biden Fuhrer, before confusing the president of Egypt, Sisi, with the president of Mexico. And he's been talking to dead people all week, the story notes as well, and uh, talking about how he, uh, you know, was uh, uh, confused Macron with um, uh, Mitterrand and so forth. So anyway, he. Um, he, uh, Robert Herr, suggested that he would not bring charges against the criminally evil traitor masquerading as president because he mishandled documents because, after all, he is senile. He is, quote, a, an elderly man with poor memory. And that's an excuse, I guess. Uh, again, if you, um, if you have the nuclear football in your hand and uh, you don't have anybody willing to stand up and say the emperor not only has no clothes, he has no brain. So he then proceeded to give a press conference, and the claim was maybe the press conference would show that he is competent to stand trial after all. Not as senile as people think. But as Zero Hedge notes, it didn't go well. No. And ultimately, uh, what he did is he proved that he was not competent to stand trial. Uh, so um, he failed on that attempt. And what was ironic, they noted, was all of this happened within literally just minutes of the time that Tucker Carlson released the interview with Vladimir Putin. And um, even though Putin essentially gave a history lesson, and it was a long, wide-ranging interview, and uh, we'll talk about all that in some detail, um, and I haven't listened to the whole thing, neither has David, but what we do know is if you watched even a bit of it, you saw that here was a, a man who was in command of his faculties right there. The, re- the leader of the, uh, well, the, no, the fake leader of the no longer free world is absolutely a buffoon, an incompetent moron compared to somebody like Vladimir Putin. And that certainly looks bad even for those that hate Putin and want to call him the evil satanic force that's uh, almost as bad, for example, as Klaus Schwab and, and um, uh, Noel, uh, you, uh, Yuval Noah Harari and all those other people that are trying to destroy the world. 
So it, it was dramatic, I think, to watch Putin give a history lesson and uh, realize that he had command of dates and understanding of history that is completely lacking from what massively, uh, you know, is, is mischaracterized as a leadership in the United States. And, and that's the thing. Now, one other thing I can't help but note, it did look like Putin was following most of the questions pretty well. He wasn't waiting, or maybe they edited it, it's hard to know, but... He seemed to know what the questions were before the translator could uh, repeat them all to him, and uh, that's fine. Uh, so he, I, I think, has a better understanding of English than, say, oh, I don't know, Joe Biden. But what was interesting was if you watched his response in Russian, you got an idea that what he said was more cogent and more understandable to Americans – this is a real problem – than what Biden says before he walks into a wall. Go ahead, David. Well. <laughs> You know, the the complicity of all of the people, all of the media, all of the um, agencies that are covering for him. So we all know, we all know that Biden is not all there. We all know it. We all know that there's someone speaking in his ear. We all assume it's probably Obama. But what the amazing thing is not that that's happening. The amazing thing is that so many people are pretending like it's not, and we're living in this 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 narrative where it's all okay. And anyone that challenges Biden, you know what? It's not he's not being challenged, except by Trump. As the uh, we're being gaslighted for for su- suggesting otherwise. So you know Tucker Carlson goes over there to interview Putin, and and several people on the left melt down because they they consider him a traitor. But to go talk to Putin, no, and because they know that Tucker Carlson is going to ask legitimate questions. And so what we, what we have here is a total meltdown. And an attempt by a there's a if this is not a conspiracy I don't know what is it's a conspiracy of silence everybody's going along it's like the emperor that wears no clothes everybody's just going along with it nobody wants to say hey the emperor's not wearing any clothes I'm I'm fascinated that there's there's a story like that you know the emperor wears no clothes. Uh, so I'm wondering how many times in history something like this has happened for someone to actually reduce it to writing and put it in story form, Mark. Amen. And and it's so clear that the, the, the contrast here is so dramatic. And, and I think that is part of the reason. You're right. The left had an absolute meltdown hissy fit. How dare Putin uh, talk to uh, Tucker Carlson? How dare he go over there? That's treason. Said the people who basically are allowing invaders to come in here by the millions and say that that's not treason and they don't deserve to be impeached and they don't even deserve to be tried because, after all, if you put them on the stand, they're too incompetent to testify. So it's... You're right. It, I, I think here's the problem. I think all of us are suffering a little bit with a shortage of superlatives. We ask, how do you describe to the American people the the historic, unbelievable idiocy of having a so-called president who is so incredibly incompetent that uh, you know, even though he's diapered at both ends and everybody knows it. Um, yeah, the emperor has no clothes and no brain. I think that that probably already summarizes it. Uh, let me mention a couple of things. So from after the history lesson. 
There were a number of things that Putin said that that uh, should make headlines. Uh, for example, um, he he said what everybody also knows: the CIA was ultimately the one that blew up the Nord Stream pipeline. Um, he is killing the U.S. dollar, and um, he uh, he he went into a bunch of detail on a number of subjects. But um, ultimately, he uh, he he said that it was useless for him to present information to the West because the U.S. controls quote all the world's media and many European media. So I guess that's why he's talking to Tucker. He's, he's about the only one that is trustworthy enough outside that system. But even there, he is telling uh, the, the world exactly what they know the truth to be. The media is lying through their damnable teeth. Now, another key portion, this is from a summary that I saw, was Putin's declaration that American presidents, in his experience, are often blocked from doing what they know they need to or would like to by advisors. And that's particularly the case in the Biden viewer who, you know, doesn't have a brain anyway and just puppet strings. Advisors who are more powerful than them, or at least that, that's how it appears. So Carlson put it this way, and then Tucker, uh, uh, Putin agreed. Twice, he said to uh, to Putin, you've described U.S. presidents making decisions and then being undercut by their agency heads. So, he said, it sounds like you're describing a system that's not run by the people who are elected in your telling, said Carlson. And Putin agreed, saying that's right. And arguably, most Americans, at least if they're paying attention, should agree, too. And that's what I think is so hateful to the left. They're seeing a fellow who is telling people what they want and what the fake president and all of those who are pulling the fake president's puppet strings won't and don't want them to hear. Uh, so go ahead, David. Well, it makes it makes me wonder, but I already know the answer to this rhetorical question. Just how long has America the uh, politicians in America actually been the very thing that they've accused Putin of being, which is a propagandist. We've been taught all my life, Russia, you can't trust a thing Russia says, and so because they're, you know, they mislead their people and they're propagandists. And now we we're witnessing the government government of the United States do that thing to Trump, where they're completely lying, they're covering up. The, the senility of the, of the current president, everybody's going along with it as far as media goes, even the churches in this country. Everybody's just buying in. So, you know, here comes Putin. You know what? We're going to, you know, history's going to record this time as a completely, you know, upside down and backwards reality where black is considered white and, and, uh, truth is considered a lie. So, so Putin, spent his time yesterday telling truths to Tucker Carlson and now we get to unpack what he's saying and we we already know that whatever the United States government agencies and the intelligentsia and and the um politicians that are all covering for Biden we already know that they're projecting on the Putin that he's the nasty wicked mean awful guy you know what my my bet is exactly the opposite we're we're the ones here in America, the government of America has been the evil force on this planet for, for decades and manipulating and controlling through mind control and psyops the, how the American people think. And then yet the media is complicit. And I'm sorry, I said it again. Now I'm going to be redundant. The churches are complicit because of their silence. Now either they're, they're complicit because they don't know or they don't know and they're withholding. Either way, the light of the world, the so-called light of the world, is dark, and and we don't know, you know, the the truth 
that, that is really going on if we're trusting in the mainstream sources? Go ahead, Mark. Well, as you know, I am no fan of what I refer to because Scripture refers to it this way as the whore church, the whore of uh, Israel, the northern kingdom, Ahola, the, uh, the unfaithful wife. Lots of ways to put it, but it all boils down to there's a reason why the ten northern tribes were kicked out, the Hebrew word is shalak, sent into exile, and they remain there to this day. So, no, you cannot trust the uh, the whore church or the whore church state because they're one and the same. And that's been the case for a long time, too. So, uh, again, that, that kind of sets up where we'll go in a minute. But I wanted to point out just one or two more things from this interview. Uh, the uh, Daily Mail had uh, had a summary of it up, and they emphasized some different things from what, for example, Alex Jones and some of the, uh, the more conservative commentators did. But one that I think was interesting that they both covered with a bit different twist was when he was referring to uh, advisors who... Who hamstrung the person supposedly acting as president? Um, Putin says that Bill Clinton intended to offer Russia an entry into NATO. You heard that right. He was going to offer them a place at NATO, but he was overruled by his staff. And essentially, what he told Tucker was that they might very well have joined. Russia might have joined NATO if, in fact, the West was honest. So right there is kind of an amazing admission, and that one certainly is, uh, I think, worthy of some study and the people scratching their heads over. Here's another one. This one certainly gets to the heart of the matter, and I didn't see this, although I didn't look at the whole thing. I just read the, uh, the, uh, the summary of the uh, Daily Mail piece. Putin also addressed the almighty fiat dollar, the fake dollar, what the BRICS are doing and so forth, saying that the U.S. is killing the dollar with their own hands. And uh, he blames that they're, they're trying to use the, uh, the dollar as a tool to shape foreign policy. And he's right on that score. And that is part of the reason why China and Russia and the rest of the BRICS formed an alternative and why they intend to put a wooden stake in the dollar. But what he's saying is you all brought it on yourself. Uh, go ahead, David. Well, the United States has been, you know, printing money like they, it grows on trees, and for all intents and purposes, it actually does. Because the way that the monetary system is set up on this planet, the U.S. dollar, the the so-called federal dollar, the the actual Federal Reserve note is the is the global currency, and yeah, um, I'm I'm seeing that our, uh, Putin had had some serious criticism. That uh, the uh, administration of the United States would take advantage of that uh, status to to basically pollute the monetary system of this planet, and so it's it's backfiring on on the administration to 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 create all this money and put it in circulation. Uh, we're <laughs> again, whether it's incompetence or maliciousness. The end result is the same. We're destroying ourselves. The government is destroying itself and is taking down the country with it. And so I really don't think this invasion is a, is incompetence. I think it's malicious. And, uh, you know, and Putin even asked that question. How is it we're defending the borders of, of, uh, uh Zelensky and, and Ukraine, but we're not taking care of our own people here in the United States? Go ahead, Mark. Putin is asking questions that a good journalist should be asking or that an actual representative of the people that was elected should be asking. So by almost any measure, this is sad, this is disgusting to say, Putin as a um, at least a former communist and a head of state of an entity that is ostensibly um, – 
at odds with America is more of a friend of America than those who claim to be doing the uh, the right thing and, in fact, are aiding and abetting the enemies of the country. In other words, they're committing treason from within. So it's a it's a shocking contrast. I, I got to thinking as I was watching part of this. I think Putin has a better understanding of the purpose of the Second Amendment and a better sympathy with the people who should have had that right protected by a constitution than those people who are openly, unabashedly trying to take it away and kill them. So right there you have yet another indication of how far gone these things are. Uh, go ahead, then I want to go to the um, the contrast here, and we'll talk about Tucker just for a second and, and move on to what we need to do about it, because I think that, too, falls out of this. Okay, I just want to, I just want to mention here at this junction one more time that when treason occurs in America, and you know, you know, here's Trump in front of the Supreme Court arguing that he there was no insurrection, and, and Article Three of the Fourteenth Amendment doesn't apply anyway. The 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 treason and insurrection are occurring against the people themselves. All power in America is derived from the people through the Constitution, and it's given to government with certain grants and limitations on the power granted. So any treason that's occurring is a, is a result of the government itself committing an insurrection against the people. And so all this complicity with, you know, getting behind and pretending like Biden is actually competent, this, you know, allowing, you know, maliciously endorsing and, and, and even passing legislation to facilitate a southern invasion, they're using the law itself as a weapon. And Frederick Bastiat wrote a book called The Law, and I recommend, highly recommend everybody reads it, where when a government, so-called, begins to use the law contrary to the purpose it was intended for, then the law becomes a weapon and the people have a duty uh, not to comply, not to support that government anymore. So so the, the result, the, the ultimate, um, uh, what has to, has to happen is the people need to withdraw their consent Amen. from the government who no longer represents them because they've become the very thing that the people established a government to prevent. Go ahead, Mark. Exactly, and that is the key. And that, of course, is exactly what the what the Declaration said. When a government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people, it's the duty of the people to alter or to abolish it. And, um, you know, sad to say, we've been there for a long time. It's just that now it is so undeniable that even those who have been, you know, living in a, in a la-la land with their goggles on for a long time are um, ultimately, if they have a brain, half a brain even, they recognize it. All right, so the question that's on the table, and you asked it, you know, what do we do about this? Well, I want to I want to segue with a comment that I've seen um, a number of times this morning. Lots of the left now wants to um, imprison Tucker Carlson. They want to kill him. They want to do other, other things. But they're going to claim the Espionage Act. So it has nothing to do with what Tucker Carlson did, i.e. interviewing a foreign leader. But uh, just like they try to claim the 14th Amendment gives them the right to prevent somebody that threatens their uh, beautiful wickedness to stay off the ballot. And, uh, you know, otherwise destroy the democracy, which we really weren't supposed to have, but they claim is being destroyed by, well, what they're doing. This is exactly what's going on with Carlson. They want to use the Espionage Act now to say he has committed espionage, what? By telling people something that they're not allowed to hear. By letting a foreign leader actually have, uh, by, you know, by performing honest journalism. That is the, the new capital crime. 
So with that in mind, I want to I want to talk about what it is that we can do. Right, withdraw consent is obvious. You do not you know you do not uh, give consent to a dishonest government of criminals to do what they intend to do. Take away your pets, take away your kids, cut off their genitalia, take away your food, kill you, take away your business, your homes, your firearms, and destroy you. And it should be obvious that that's exactly where they're headed. Now, the, there are a couple things that we may have touched on in the past, but I think especially this week, given the Putin interview, that are, are important. Um, Putin essentially said, look, you guys don't want to push us because we have weaponry that you cannot stop, our hypersonic missiles and so forth. Now, that is true, whether Americans like to admit it or not. So far, the good news is Putin has demonstrated the kind of restraint that I don't think the Biden Fuhrer has, not when it comes to trying to take people's um, firearms and uh, destroy destroy their their borders and so forth uh, would. So Putin has demonstrated restraint, but um, the the big threat, and uh, this has been clear for years, Paul Craig Roberts had a piece up on the burning platform about a new book by Stephen Starr, um, and we've talked about... um, the uh, the head of the EMP commission before and and others that have warned about the danger of EMP, electromagnetic pulse. This new book basically says the electromagnetic uh, pulse would destroy the power grid, uh, you know, and, and how it could be done a little over 100 miles high. You light off a nuke, and it uh, would destroy all the communication systems, cooling systems, and nuclear power plants, which will then proceed to melt down all electronic devices. The military may have shielded some of their systems, but nothing has been done to protect civilian infrastructure. Literally everything comes to a halt. And as you know, the DOD has said years ago that um, fully 90% of Americans would be dead within Six months. So, step one, come out of her. If you are dependent upon the power grid, if the power grid goes down and you die as a result, you've been warned. Make sure that doesn't happen. For the time being, you know, get some gold and silver, obviously, but in the short term, get some cash, enough that you could dicker with local businesses and or farmers or whatever to try to keep yourself alive when they destroy the grid, the um, the payment infrastructure, and there isn't anything. If you don't have an ability to, uh, uh, whether it's candles or an off-grid system that's at least somewhat EMP protected, those are kind of things that need to happen because the intent is, uh, and by the way, I tend to think it'll be a cyber attack. Uh, more than Putin, but they'll blame it on Russia either way, and it might be the U.S. military that goes ahead and implements an EMP. So there's step one. Step two, and this is very much related, understand that the fiat dollar is being destroyed. Big Brother will destroy it. They want to bring it down on their schedule so they can profit from the takedown and move people into the mark of the beast, central bank digital currency. And um, on the other hand, the BRICS nations, they want out, and that will eventually destroy the dollar either way. So regardless, you can see certain things are going to happen. You need to be independent of the power grid. You need to be independent of the fiat, fake money, dishonest weights and measures grid. And the the creator of the universe and his word, Deuteronomy chapter 25 and lots of other places, promises there's a curse associated with dishonest weights, with fiat bucks. So expect them to be destroyed. You just plain have to have alternatives. Go ahead, David. you got about two minutes. Okay, so the scripture that comes to mind uh, quite a bit, the one that says, Trust in the Lord with all of our heart and lean not to our own understanding. In all of our ways we acknowledge him and he will direct our paths. The the uh, mainstream churches, uh, the institutions have, and I, you know, there's just, I don't know where to, where to begin, but they've all bought into the, the, the narrative of the world. And, and, you know, watching Tucker Carlson go over there and interview Putin, you know, that violates the narrative because 
because we can't have uh, anyone talking truth. So truth has become the weapon of the of the, those of us that that love reality, and the the narrative is what they have to force us to to buy into. So the first thing we need to do is repent. We need, we need to come out of the narrative. We need to come out of the delusion that we've all bought into to a degree that we've all, you know, we spent our lives believing in the government. We didn't want to believe that the, the nation was cor- as, as, is as corrupt as it could, as it is. As it is. Uh, but here it is. And now we're watching it. So, so Romans 13 is, does not say what, what mainstream Christianity says. It does not say submit and obey, especially in a country. In 2024, where the people themselves are sovereign, where and 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 we're sovereign in the in the context of one nation under God, we're supposed to be a nation where we are one because we're in communion with the Creator. And communion is not going to church and getting a wafer put on your tongue. It's a it's a a communion where that the. the we and the Father are one. That relationship is what needs to be developed. And so when, when we trust in him with all of our heart and lean not to our own understanding, we give up the narrative and, and we begin to find the truth. Mark, why don't you take us out? I know we're getting close. Okay, well, so bottom line, you're correct. I mean, mostly this is a spiritual process. Come out of the big lie, be not deceived, and recognize it. And the rest of it is physical, too. We need to understand that that means there are certain things we do. We avoid dishonest weights and measures. We avoid what's coming that will take us down. And with that, folks, Shabbat Shalom. And uh, thanks, David. Shabbat Shalom.